Hey guys, TJ here. I've been away from the mic. I'm coming back to the mic and there's a lot of reasons for that, but I want to just share quickly my intention with you in coming back is to be even more real than I've been before. Now, it's not to say that I haven't been real with you. Anybody who's listened to my stories, anybody who's listened to me share authentically knows that I've been as real as I can be, honestly. But there's been a new level that God's leading me to as I've kind of had to face like really, really, really deep stuff in my life over the last 12 months or so. Um, and, and it's helped me realize that I haven't even been 100 with myself. You know, and there's a lot of reasons for that, and we could we could dive into maybe a 17-hour episode on that later. But the point is, is that when we're 99 and one, that's still not 100. And for me, I want to be 100. I want to be 100 with myself. I want to be 100 with you, with anybody in my life. And there's um, you know there's real there's real pain that happens that causes us to maybe um, tell ourselves one thing, and uh, and actually experience another, and. And for me, just kind of the journey that I've been on is that I've, I've actually had to unwind or unwrap or untie some of the things that were, um, that were pretty deep inside. And so I'm in that process. It's not a complete process. I think we're all in a process that is ongoing until we're on the other side of eternity, you know, where perfection can actually happen. But, uh, but I'm just sharing authentically from where I'm at. I just want to be 100 with you. That's my intention. And uh, so when you're listening, I hope that you feel that. And I hope that you're actually even able to go deeper with yourself. And that's that's where we want to go is, is, is not just get lost in yourself, but we want to uh, get to the person that God has designed, right? And God has designed for you to be whole, for you to be 100, for you to be real. He's designed for you to be that way. And hopefully, even in just some of the practical things I have to say, you'll be able to uh, connect in a real way. And, and I say a real way, maybe even a different real way than you have before if you've listened before. So anyway, today's topic is practical things to do when you are stuck. Now, you're, you're hearing from a guy who's been super stuck in his life. I've had so many different seasons of being stuck, whether it was the first time I lost all my money, whether it was when my dad died, and having to process that, not knowing what to do with that emotionally, whether it was going through the whole adoption thing and realizing, wait, you know, I have this really deep narrative I believed about myself, about others, about God, and I and it's and it's difficult to digest and I don't understand it and and it affects all these decisions I'm making and even my drive for performance and accomplishment. I mean, there's so many things. When I was on Wall Street and I had everything that looked fine outwardly and uh, inside I was a mess, I was in conflict, I was empty, and I was definitely stuck in that season. I've had a lot of this time evaluating. So that's me personally, and God has brought me through with inner healing, with counseling, with coaching, you know, I've, I've worked with personal trainers. I've, I've had a season of being stuck even with working out um, and, and just physical energy and having to rewire and get my hormones back in balance and understand what nutrition is right for my body, all these things, working with registered dietitians. And so it's just been this perpetual process of me finding myself, okay, I'm stuck and I got to get out. I'm stuck and I got to get out. I'm stuck. And, and what I've learned is that actually being stuck is an opportunity. Being stuck is an opportunity. Being in a stuck season isn't fun, but it's a major opportunity for us to grow. And we either learn how we got to where we are and decide we're going to change our approach, or 
we do things how we've always done them and run into the same problem, likely bigger down the road. Now, when you think about being stuck, wherever you're at, you know, I've had like on the other side of the personal journey of my journey, I've spent thousands and thousands of hours coaching. So I'm listening to other people on their journey and walking them through it and, you know, asking questions and letting Holy Spirit lead me. And, and so going on that process and journey with other people, helping them activate as they're doing evaluation, as they're going through maybe a stuck season, not everybody I'm, I'm working with and, and have talked with is necessarily stuck, but there's always something that they're growing through. And, you know, as I've kind of gone through both being on the side of having to go through it myself and then walking other people through it, I've had some observations that I think are really practical and are really helpful. So I just want to dive into that. So the practical things you can do if you're resonating with anything I'm saying. These are not in any particular order, but I am going to share uh, as number one to begin. Number one, identify the most pressing issue. Okay, typically, this is the number one thing you'd like to change immediately. All right, now I'll caveat that in a second, but you got to understand you need a starting point. And so people, when they're like, I'm stuck, I got so many things, I'm overwhelmed. You know, you got to identify what's the most important thing. And so for somebody, for example, if you lose your job, you might think the job is the most important thing, but it actually might not be. And we'll get to that in a second. But you can at least write that down as one of the possibilities. Okay, examples I can give you, like you have a wounded heart from loss in your life, maybe relational conflict, financial hardship, career direction, environment, physical energy that you can't seem to pinpoint why you're always dragging. I mean, you could name what these things are for you, relational cycles, you know, where you just continuously run into these relational roadblocks and you find yourself either hurting yourself and or others in the process. You know, it could be, you could just say, oh, it's my marriage. Oh, it's my whatever. My business, it's stalled out. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, is God asking me to leave something that I've been doing where I found success? And is he asking me to lay it down to go into ministry and this conflict that comes from that and how it takes my peace and energy? I mean, you got to be able to name the thing. Okay, so identify the most pressing issue. Typically, it's the number one thing you'd like to resolve or change immediately. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, and off the back of that, you're going to ask God, ask God to help you get to the root of that issue by asking why that's the issue five times. Now, this is a, this is like a consulting tool that people use, but I mean, it's, it's very helpful for us practically just as individuals, um, not even, not just for companies, but for individuals, it's very helpful when you, when you ask why. So it's like, okay, you know, the issue is I lost my job. I need to find another job immediately. That's the number one thing that I need to change. Why? Because I need some financial stability. Why? Because I'm afraid if I don't have financial stability, then my wife will leave me. Okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, and why is that the issue? Because if my wife leaves me, then I'll be alone. Okay, and why is that the issue? Because I've actually never believed that God was with me. 
okay, that's interesting. So now we go into the, the perspective of you've gone through your life maybe believing the narrative that God has never been with you. So is there an early memory? Is there a time when God, you believe God wasn't with you? And can Holy Spirit highlight to you how he was with you? That's the root. You see, that's the root of the issue. Now, there are practical things that you can be doing to manage maybe the more fruit of like what's happening or ongoing. Okay, I lost the job because I was emotionally unstable because of things at home, because of this whole belief that God isn't with me. So I was making decisions and hurting my family, et cetera, et cetera. You can, you, can, you can talk about what you need to do practically for the job, but ultimately if you don't get to the root of what's been going on and how you got to where you are, then you're just going to end up with the same fruit in a different part of your life. I've experienced this, like literally. I understand this extremely well personally in my life. And so it's almost just that much easier to identify when I see it outside of my life. So you're going to want to ask why five times. All right, the next thing, number three, you're going to want to ask God to highlight somebody who's been there and or has wisdom so you can ask them for help. You know, it's like, I think a lot of us have grown up to be self-sufficient and that's, you know, good up until a point. We've actually learned that that's a good process simply because uh, when we're self-sufficient, uh, we can go faster, and maybe we've even, even experienced some success in that. But the problem is, you know, in being self-sufficient, you can really limit your perspective because what we do is we give the enemy more room to attack. So the enemy, the war is in our mind, and the enemy attacks us in our mind among a number of other, of other ways. But the enemy can attack us in our thoughts, and we can actually start believing or coming to agreement with thoughts that aren't true, that aren't of God, so if you're listening to God, yourself, or the enemy, sometimes it's helpful to have somebody else identify or help you identify, rather, help you identify what is true, what is of God, what are the thoughts that he has of you. And when we're left to ourselves, we're much more vulnerable, I can tell you this from personal experience, much more vulnerable to what the enemy has for you, which is to steal, kill, and destroy. So that's why I say, you know, it's really helpful to ask for help. But help doesn't always look like, let's just sit in your feelings, right? Help sometimes looks like, hey, we need to address the thing that is really like pressing and we can address the feelings in the process. You know, a lot of times people approach healing in the idea that I need to like go away and heal, similar to how people approach praying. It's like, I can be praying right now while I'm talking with you and you know, there's this idea of healing. It's like, I need to go away and heal. And sometimes there's a time and place for that. But other times it's like life is still ongoing. And healing is something that our body is doing every day if we're giving it the best chance to heal. It's designed to heal. And the same is true, I believe, in our soul, right? So we have a spirit, soul, and body. The same is true in our soul. And we need to be able to continue living while healing and recognizing, you know, what are the patterns, healthy rhythms we need to be doing some of those things. So just remember that, you know, it's not always, help doesn't always look like going away and doing something. It's like sometimes it's actually just as life is ongoing, uh, you're getting help and activating as you're healing. Now, the next one I say is uh, work on your health. And this is a really simple one, but the, the whole premise, so when we do the boot camp, the beginning of the boot camp, it's eight weeks. It's called Live Your Legacy. I've been doing this since 2017. And um, at the beginning of the boot camp, the number one thing is helping people understand the healthy rhythms they need, the basics, 
so that they can give themselves the best chance to heal, just like I was saying. And it's not something you, again, like, you know, you save for, for a special time. It's like, how do you implement this simple things that are effective things that you can do in your day to day? And for me, you know, one of the things that's really helped me have more flexibility uh, to be more um, ad like adaptive to my environments and to things that are happening, difficulty to be resilient in, in difficulty. One of the things that's really helped me is actually understanding what I need. So we have the seven core pillars and diet, sleep, movement, active rest, reflection, connection, and fun. And we have a strategy called the three by three that we're helping people implement daily. And when they start the boot camp, the eight week boot camp, um, that's the first thing that they're doing. That's the first thing because when you're able to start giving yourself the best chance to heal, to give your mind a break, to implement these, these seven core pillars in just a simple pattern and rhythm in the evening and morning, you open up so much possibility. And you realize that actually sometimes the best thing you can do to approach or address a problem is not go at it head on. In other words, like health could be an angular approach to help you resolve something that has to do with your career or your relationships. And we connect those dots in the beginning of the boot camp. But when in doubt, work on your health. It's absolutely key. Remember, the first four letters of health are heal, and uh, it's a part of how you're going to be able to do healing um, as you're activating and, and getting unstuck in whatever season you're in. The next thing, and I don't know what number this is, and like I said, they're in no particular order, but the next thing is find environments that support healthy reflection with practical guidance and thoughtful questions. Um, this is, I mean, for, for us, for me, uh, this is why I have the boot camp. It's an environment that supports uh, like-minded people who are intelligent and seeking after God and want to do something with their lives and know that God has made them for a significant purpose and purposes, and they're not quitters. They're willing to keep going and pushing through, but maybe their approach needs to change because all they've done or ever known is pushing through. And, um, and so we've just created this environment that promotes that healthy reflection, practical guidance, thoughtful questions, and honestly challenges people to activate in areas of their life that they are not activating. And, um, for me, you know, I've had that kind of opportunity in different areas of my life, but I created the boot camp because it was missing. Seriously, like, you know, a lot of people, like I said, go away and think they need to go do this one day thing or need to go for a week somewhere, go travel on vacation, go have this time there or that. And I believe in those things as a purpose and a time and a season for that. But many more people need like the real life. I'm living my life and I, and I, need, I need this without stopping my life kind of thing. And, um, and that was me. I needed that. And so the boot camp was created as just kind of one of those things that fit a need. And there's many other opportunities to find environments that support, you know, what we're doing. Um, this is just one expression where there's the practical and these and the spiritual, which I believe are, are overlapping. Um, but I think it's, uh, it, it's worth keeping your eyes open for environments that support, you know, where you can do life and have reflection. Sometimes those environments are physical places. Sometimes they're found online. Um, but I would say in all cases, they're safe places. 
and they are filled with people who can empathize and uh, who also aren't going to let you uh, fall back and they're going to call you up and hire and they're going to be able to do that through uh, wisdom, experience, and being led by Holy Spirit. I think if you can be finding those things, um, you're going to be in a good place. The next practical, find a quiet space to pray and ask God to intervene. I cannot emphasize this one enough, but you know, so often I think we actually have many quiet spaces that we invade with with things that are noisy and our phones being one of them. And, and this is something I, I can tell you has been a challenge for me over the years, especially, especially coming out of 2020. I had never been so technology heavy as I am after coming out of 2020. And, um, you know, and that's for somebody who was trying to grow a, a business and ministry online, you know, years before that. But 2020 changed the game. And I was even aware of it. I was very intentional about it. I was very clear that this was happening. I knew it. And yet it's still something that's difficult to fight. We really have to fight for uh, keeping technology out and uh, inviting quiet in because it's when we're able to eliminate the noise that we give God the space to speak more clearly. And, um, and I would say even when you find that quiet space to pray, where you're asking God to intervene, you know, speak out, call out to him, bring your Bible and start reading. And it is, it is absolutely paramount, I believe. You know, he says that his sheep hear his voice. And it's absolutely paramount that we are able to hear God's voice in the process of getting unstuck or seeking direction or whatever it might be. And I think for me, that's something that I didn't know it, but it was always natural to me. And I've just grown in it as I discovered like, wow, God really does speak to us and learned how he speaks to me specifically and, and refined that, you know, and understanding his character. And it's just something that's overflowed into what we do, you know, in the boot camp is just helping people realize that God speaks to them too. Um, and that's just a natural overflow of kind of my experiences in life. But if that's not clear to you, or if you just needed the reminder, remember that God can speak to you. He can speak to you. And I believe he wants to speak to you. And um, I believe that also starts with eliminating the noise, getting yourself in a quiet space to pray, asking him to intervene, having your Bible open. If you don't know where to begin, start in Proverbs, read Psalms, the book of John, those are great starting points for anybody, even if you've read the Bible all the way through. Um, the next one, find a way to serve someone at least once daily, even if just small, intentional gestures. Guys, I'm talking about like being intentional about holding the door for somebody. It's that simple. I know that sounds almost like it's, it's, it's trite, right? Like just open the door for somebody, but you'd be surprised, you know, how much you receive through the act of giving. And, and a lot of people, if you're listening, you're the type of person who's very comfortable with the idea of giving. 
and you're probably burned out or a little burned out from maybe giving too much or having boundaryless giving. And I don't just mean financially. I mean, you know, in your time and energy and, you know, filling other, fulfilling other people's commitments and not, you know, in the meantime, overlooking your priorities. So I get that. But what I'm talking about when I'm saying serve somebody is being intentional to take your eyes off yourself. And this is, this is something that in me being 100 and real is, uh, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of my life trying to take my eyes off myself. And in the process, I've actually become more selfish at times. And, um, and so there's a difference and a nuance in what I'm saying when I'm talking about serving somebody at least once daily. It's not about the, it's not about the act of feeling good, you know, and doing it. It's about the act of literally just losing self-focus for a minute. And it's, it's vital. It's absolutely important. And I think it's really a, a good reminder for us of why we're here. You know, the purpose of man and woman is to glorify God. And I believe we do glorify him in, um, in taking our eyes off of ourself, you know. Um, the next one, give yourself a timeline. This is super, super practical and something that most people overlook. But give yourself a timeline for making difficult decisions. Three months is a good starting point. Three months is a good starting point. Now, if you think about the seasons, okay, so you have winter, spring, summer, fall, broken into three months. And there's a principle behind that, right? And I think just recognizing the principles of life and saying, okay, you know, I can give myself time. I can give myself three months, uh, a deadline, to make a difficult decision or to give attention to the situation, maybe to resolve this conflict um, through these A, B, and C steps. Uh, or maybe I need to um, go see a counselor. Maybe I need to do a structured program like the boot camp, or maybe I need to do um, you know, time in prayer each morning for you know, a week and reevaluate and see if that's helping over the course of, of three months where I'm kind of evaluating weekly how I'm doing and scheduling some time to, to do that evaluation. But I think, you know, if you give yourself the three months, you say, okay, you know, I've tried doing this on my own, for example, for three months, it didn't work. Now, who can I ask for help? Or I tried this opportunity in these three months it worked great. What were the principles that worked for me? And what kind of decisions do I need to make over the course of these next three months? And how can I apply those same principles? Principles meaning I'm in a healthy, like-minded group atmosphere where there's accountability for me to actually follow through on the things I'm saying I'm doing. Uh, And by the way, accountability can look like one person. It can look like a lot of people. It can look like uh, in person or it can look like online. Um, so just as an, as examples, but I think it's really helpful to give ourselves that timeline and, um, and I've seen it with other people. It's like, I've got a move that I'm trying to navigate, you know, and it looks like my work project ends at this time and, and all of this kind of wraps up in 12 months. And so how do I break that down? Then the question becomes, how do I break that down into smaller chunks? You know, if you've got that 12-month longer deadline, can you break it down into smaller chunks and are there smaller pieces to that pie that you can be 
uh, focused on over the course of that time. So timeline, super important. Number one thing people ask me when it's like, I'm conflicted about my job, what do I do? Give yourself a timeline. No question, give yourself a timeline. And everybody's timeline is going to be different depending on their situation. But again, as a starting point, rule of thumb, three months is a good opportunity. The next thing, write a simple three-step plan with deadlines. Simple three steps. Simple three steps. Like the more complicated it is, the more you're probably not going to do it. And uh, the less clear the plan is, the less likely it is that you're going to do it. So simple three steps, no more, no less, simple three steps. Um, I found that, you know, even just writing out, you know, the, the thing that you've already done, for example, if a part of your plan is something you just did, you just, you know, oh, I need to reach out to this person. Great. Write that as number one and like write a check next to it. I know that sounds simple and maybe even silly, but it's like, that was a part of the plan. You already did it. So you can write it down and you can recognize that I did something that is moving me forward. And then, then write step number two and step number three and recognize your control or your level of responsibility in each of those steps, one, two, and three. Because you know if you're writing steps one, two, and three, and you have no recognition of how you're in control of any of those then you're going to find yourself pretty defeated, powerless, and in a standstill three months from now because you haven't even recognized, you know, you're waiting on somebody else to make a decision. It's like, that's not a step, right? There needs to be something that is within your control and uh, action that can help you be moving forward. The last thing is uh, stop trying to do it on your own, especially if you've already spent months or years and it's not working. I've kind of highlighted that throughout, but... Um, you know, for me, something that, gosh, I brought in a couple people into a particular area of my life a few times now. And um, I'm just at a point where I go, oh, actually, I need to maybe even change, like, what bringing them into my life looks like, right? And, um, and, and if something's not working, you need to change kind of the dynamic of, of how you're approaching it. Um, if you're doing it in complete isolation, like you're literally doing it on your own, you need to add a person for sure. Um, but if you've already added people, maybe just changing the dynamic of what, you know, their involvement might look like. And this requires not just your buy-in, but it also requires theirs. It's that agreement. So I hope that, that is, uh, that's helpful. Quick review. I'll start at the top. Identify the most pressing issue. Typically, it's the number one thing you'd like to change immediately. Then get to the root of that issue by asking why it's the issue five times in a row. Ask God to highlight someone who's been there or has wisdom that you can ask for help. When in doubt, work on your health. Find environments that support healthy reflection, practical guidance, and thoughtful questions. Find a quiet space to pray. Really focus on being intentional of eliminating the noise and ask God to intervene. Find a way to serve somebody at least once daily. Take the focus off yourself. Just being intentional with small gestures goes a long way. Give yourself a timeline for making difficult decisions. Rule of thumb, three months. Write a simple three-step plan with deadlines. Stop trying to do it on your own. If you've already spent months or years and it's not working, if you're already involving other people, considering changing that dynamic and their involvement with not just your buy-in, but their buy-in will be helpful. I hope if you're in a stuck season, 
I know it's not fun, but I hope that this uh, gives you some hope, some practicals, and uh, maybe even just the sight to see that it's a major opportunity for us to grow. I understand personally, trust me, I understand personally what it's like. We either learn how we got to where we are and decide we're going to change our approach or we keep doing things how we've always done and we run into the same problem, maybe bigger, later. So if you're at that point where you're like, you know what, I don't want to, I don't want to run into the same problem, maybe bigger, later, whatever that problem is, uh, or I'd like resolution, I'd like to get to the root, I'd like to address it, and I don't want to do it on my own, reach out to me. We've got a boot camp, the last one of the year, starting November 20th, challenging you to become more the person you're made to be. That's the journey I'm on. I'm being challenged to do that. I'm challenging others to do that. And um, you know, if you're listening, you're on that journey too. So just reach out. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on, uh, on email, of course, tj at tjlaffler.com or my website, tjlaffler.com. You can reach out through the website as well. And, uh, and just ask about bootcamp. Just say bootcamp in the email. You don't need to explain anymore. I can send you details. Uh, again, we start November 20th. And I look forward to, to just being more of, of me with you guys as I'm going through my own journey and trying to offer what I can in the process. I really appreciate you guys being here. Thanks so much for listening.